All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. Racing at Gulfstream. And here we go. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 350. Mr. Samich. Huzzah! It's a milestone number, kind of, the 350. It's in the middle there. I was typing it up this morning when I was preparing the show, and I thought, huh. That's kind of a decent number there, but uh, I guess a sign that we're doing things well and, and being more professional is that we went, oh, milestone number. How are you doing today? Ah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just did a two-hour show over on Equinage, talking a little Gulfstream all day. Uh, went through some of the fairgrounds card. Excited to, to hit up the uh, the Gulfstream card for Saturday here. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're looking at the, the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream. Uh, it, it's going to have the Gulfstream Park Sprint Stakes. That's the headlining, the feature event. And it's only six horses, but it's pretty much drain the clock versus Diamond Dupe. So you, Mike and I are going to debate that one and talk about where we go on top. Uh, it's going to be a fun – I think it's going to be a fun sequence because I think that one trainer in particular is going to have a really big day while everybody else is watching what happens at fairgrounds. But uh, before we get into it, Mike, what's the best thing that you saw? You know, I, I hadn't really dove into it yet. I'm going to give it to the fairgrounds card on Saturday. I uh, don't love the takeout of that track, but man, that card is loaded. I mean, you've yeah. got some some big fields. You've got some some prices that I like all over the place. So I, I actually loved going through that fairgrounds card and kind of going, okay, who do we like here? Who do we like here? I think you're going to see some some big prices that, that get strung together. And even with Smile Happy, who I think is probably going to end up winning there in the last, I think you can still get paid on that late pick five. So uh, I, the, the fairgrounds card top to bottom is excellent. Uh, really, if it wasn't for the takeout, Fairgrounds might be the best track in the country. Uh, because not only uh, do they like when they, <laughs> when they have the listen when they have big days like today, they put out some really great products. Like if you've got 13 races and they're not all you know they're not all bangers. Some of them are claimers, but even the claiming races, like from a handicapping perspective, you yeah. can't be mad about what you're getting. Uh, but the reason I say that also is because they put their shit out a week early. We have a week to sit here and think about it and talk about it and get excited about it. And it's not like oh it's Wednesday night. Gulfstream just put their card out. Guess I'll get excited tomorrow. It's like, no, I've got a freaking week to do it. So I always appreciate Fairgrounds. Just Twin Spires, please fix the takeout a little bit, please. Uh, we're asking no. Twin Spires to not be greedy, so good luck with yeah, that. Good luck. Yeah, that's not happening, man. Twin Spires doesn't fix anything. They break things. That's true. Uh, listen, uh, speaking of Fairgrounds, we have the inside track to the Risen Star Stakes Wagering Guide, which is available now at Racing News. Dot com. If you are a monthly subscriber to either the uh, premium products or the Samo Bombs or the Rockets or any combination thereof, you get it for free. And with it being the Kentucky Derby Trail season, we're going to be putting these guides out very regularly. We're already doing that. So uh, it's, it's a great time to be a subscriber. You can get the Bombs, the premium products, the Rockets, whatever you want to do. Just check that out. But the inside track to the Risen Star Stakes wagering guide is available. As Mike said, that card looks incredible at Fairgrounds. It's so incredible we stayed away from it because we we're like, listen, you want to play Fairgrounds. Everything that's in the guide or everything that you need is going to be in the guide. And frankly, I'm not going to do a better job than Aaron Halteman. So go check his shit out. <laughs> it's going to be a fun day. It, and then like I, the Philly race right before it is absolutely wide open yep. as well. I mean, you got Lecrate on the inside. It's eight to one. That seems like a wild overlay. You got Hidden Connection, who I really like, who's on the outside. 
I think you got to pass on hidden connection. I mean, she's going to be stacked four or five wide. It's going to be a tough trip. Um, you know, so I, I, I kind of like some of those horses at the inside or maybe coming from a little off the pace because there's a lot of speed in that spot. It is, uh, yeah, the Rachel Alexander, and we'll actually, because it's Kentucky Oaks Prep Race, we'll have a preview for that in depth from Dr. Miranda uh, later on the YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out, youtube.com slash racing dudes. Mike, I had a, f- a fun surprise today. Uh, my other friend, Mike, uh, producer Mike, who uh, lives in Las Vegas, was actually in Los Angeles today, so uh, he swung by for a few hours, so we got to hang out and spend the morning together, so I haven't seen him in o- two years almost to the day, because he's one of the last people I saw in person before the pandemic started when we were in, at uh, Vegas for NHC in 2020, so... It was a very pleasant surprise, but it also means that I exhausted myself of my talking. But some of you might like that, so it might be a quicker show. Uh, but but it was a lot of fun. But listen, we've got a lot of uh, horse racing to talk about. I can already tell from our ticket structures, Mike and I are going to have some interesting debates here. So let's get into it, buddy. Riders up! for the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, uh, February 19th. Ah, and my computer just froze again. It always happens to us. Race nine on the card. We've got a field of uh, eight older fillies and mares uh, going for five furlongs. On the turf course here, your favorite, big heavy favorite is three. Hit the woe at nine to five. And it's interesting that she's the favorite because she is stakes placed on the turf, but it came at a mile. And she's 0 for 3 on the turf when it comes to winning. So some people might look at this and say 9 to 5. That's a really short price. I'm going to use her, but I want to know what you did with Hit the Woe. Yeah, I, I thought you Hit the Woe was must use here. I mean, yeah, she's 0 for 3 on the turf, but that was in 200000 dollars stakes races in a grade 3. Those were her three turf races. That's yeah. pretty tough company uh, when you compare that to, you know, the, the two horse who just got claimed for 20 k uh, So I, I would say this is a slight step down in class from the turf races that Hit the woe has been in, in the past. Um, I, I've hit the woe as a second pick. I think this kind of just trips out here for the eight horse uh, Traves, who should be able to sit right behind the speed. And there is quite a bit of it in this spot. Should be able to sit right behind that speed, get first run and play catch me if you can down the lane. Um, Haramio, excellent over this track. Uh, I, I think that this kind of just sets up very, very well uh, for the eight horse Traves. So I'm going to use Traves on top. Uh, I do have hit the woe as my second horse. I'm going to use one of the speed horses because I think one of them is a little bit interesting. Um, did you use the three or the eight in your ticket? Uh, three was my top pick. Yeah. I mean, the, I thought you nailed it pretty well. She's classy. It's Christophe Clement. Um, so when he takes a stakes horse and drops her back down and she's going to actually, by the way, this is the first time she's ever faced non-stakes company on turf. So you talked about that over three. This is the easiest turf field that she's faced by far. So I, I think that's a good spot for her. Um, I read riding is a good choice. I know who you used, the other horse you used, and I was close to adding and you, I actually could afford to add her. So you might be able to, to convince me, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the other one I used uh, for sure is the six Zia's song. It's a Safi Joseph Jr. This is the trainer I think could have a really big day at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, especially in this pick four. And nobody's going to pay attention because we're all watching fairgrounds while Safi cleans up a little bit at, uh, at, at Gulfstream Park here. This is a filly who graduated last February at this course, uh, breaking her maiden pretty nicely with Castellano in the saddle. And then you see she has some injury problems. Literally after her second career start, she's vanned off the track. We don't see her again until July. And then we miss a time again until January. Second off the layoff, which I think, first of all, shows that she's finally healthy, which is nice to see. Uh, but they tried putting her on the turf course last time out. It didn't work. Now she's going back on the turf. Safi's adding blinkers, and that's a pretty big move, uh, 25% for first-time blinkers for his barn. So I like that all of this is happening. I will say that if she really was all that great, 
I read probably would have written her by now because that's usually Safi's go-to. Uh, Tyler's been on board, but just once. So it kind of worries me a little bit. Uh, but I also think, you know, Reyes isn't going to be on the eight horse. So maybe Reyes chose the six over it. Still a little bit of jockeying around there, no pun intended. But uh, I'm going to use the six. I know you didn't. Tell me why. Yeah, I mean, the six was actually my fourth horse. And okay. I, I only went three deep here. So I'm, I'm not going to knock the six here. I think it makes sense that the 77 buyer winning uh, back on February 28th made a ton of sense. The horse ran very well that day, but was 16 to one. This horse never seems to get bet. Um, I, I don't really want to take the shortest price of, of her career here. Second off the layoff uh, in a race that has a, a plethora of speed. And I, I think she kind of needs the lead to win. I don't know that that Zia Song can necessarily come from off it. The Reyes part of it is definitely concerning for me. Um, Reyes is two for 10 for the barn, so not bad, but it's definitely not first call for Safi on his bigger right. horses. And like you said, this horse has never really gotten the bigger jockeys for Safi. It's one of the reasons why it's always been a price. Um, I, I Like I mentioned, I think that the class of this race is a three and the eight. I'm intrigued by the two missing link. Um, this horse, if you go back, broke its or won for 20,000, three back over this Gulfstream Park turf. That was a stretch of three straight wins. The horse has won four times uh, on this turf course, four for seven, four for seven at the distance. Uh, there is no other horse in this race who has won more, uh, well, who's won more on the turf uh, at this specific distance. Well, Tracy and Legacy has seven, but no one's been as consistent as the, four, as the, the uh, two horse missing link has been in a shorter career. And the key for me here is Peter Walder snaps this horse up and now we're flipping this horse back to turf off the synthetic. You get Castellano up that last race. And this has been something we've, we've preached on here. When you have a horse that goes out 23 and three, 45 and two up front on the synthetic and then quits and then goes to the turf. That's a very good time to bet the horse because the turf course holds speed. The synthetic kills speed. So you are literally going from a bias against to a bias for, and you have inside speed here on the two. I'm going to give Missing Link a shot at a price here and see if Walder can move it forward. Yeah, you convinced me. She's on the ticket for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I was back and forth. You know what? Also, the eight to one price is going to be pretty nice too because I think that Hit the Woe was going to understandably take, deservingly so, take a ton of money here. And for me, that's going to make the prices better on some of these horses. Uh, all three horses that I used here, let me check you. No, all three horses that I used are second off of the layoff and second time at age four. So I really like, I, I've noticed that there's a specific angle I kind of used when, when handicapping this race, but you used two of them. So uh, I don't think I'm too far off here. Yeah, the other one that's second off a layoff second is a four-year-old that's a little interesting for lower connections is the five at 15 mm -hmm. to one as well. I mean, that's another horse where was supposed to be on the synthetic or was supposed to be on the turf, gets scratched off the turf, runs poorly on the synthetic. But if you go back to the maiden breaking score, horse was nine to one, was able to, to sit just off the lead and be able to get the job done going 21 and one, 44 and three uh, on the front end here going five furlongs in the turf course. Like that, that, if we can take a step forward second out and Liam's maps, a darn good sire horse, the, the hammer came down for 130,000 with this horse, like, there's a, something to like about the five, two at a price, but I, I ended up not going that deep. If you want to add the five, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I'm playing a $5 ticket that costs 20 bucks and I'm playing a uh, 50 cent ticket that costs 36. So you can definitely add to that 50 cent one if you'd like to along the way. I'm going to go two, three, six here on the 50 cent ticket. I'm going to go or two, three, eight here on the 50 cent ticket. I'm going to go three, eight on the $5 ticket. And I'm two, three, six. Uh, before we get out of here, Nick says that he's going three, four, eight. He likes the four Uberacuda at 20 to one and, and kind of a reason I can't really, I'm not going to hate Nanaki for it, but why the four and the five similarly stayed off for me is Mike talked about. There's a lot of pace in here. I don't think that these are, have very strong staying power with these two. So uh, if you want to use them, you're getting 15 to one, 20 to one. Uh, you're definitely going to get the value on it. Just Mike, probably same reason why there's just a lot of speed and they seem like need the leads. Uh, connection issue here for me too. Kelly Blake is, is one for 39. Uh, also owns the horse. doesn't seem to place the horse properly throughout its career. Seems like it's been a little bit over his head. I mean, the last 
what, six races, we've been at least 15 to one, including 50 to one plus and four of those six. I just asking a lot for this horse. And I, I now we're down to the 25 K level. I don't really know if that's the right level yet. I'm, I'm not sure if we found the right, right conditions here for the four. Keep plunging, keep plunging. We'll head down second leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, February 19th, race 10. We're going to the synthetic course. Nine older males in for $10,000 claiming tags here. Uh, they're going to mile 16th on the synthetic. As six of them exit the same last out race. And actually, it should be seven because the number five Jiha was entered and actually scratched out of that race. So really, seven of the nine of these horses faced each other last time out. Uh, the winner was the eight-horse Rocket Joe Copper. And he's the three to one favorite. The horse that just missed by a neck is twice the price of six to one. That's the three horse Farley. But I'm real curious. This is a mess of a race. Where are you going? Yeah, I, I'm putting Rocket Joe Copper on top. Um, when you go back and you watch that race, uh, Rocket Joe Copper did absolutely nothing wrong. It was swung five wide. That was also first time off the layoffs since September of 2021. Almost a five-month break. Kathleen O'Connor, not one of those trainers that necessarily fires right off the layoff. Now we're getting her second off the layoff. A horse that fits the track bias perfectly, able to swing wide and close late. Uh, Paco's been riding well on the synthetic. To me, it's all systems go here on Rocket Joe Copper. I think the horse makes a ton of sense. I'm going to end up using... Uh, the eight here is one of the, the, the two must uses. The other one I included was the four horse. Uh, oh boy. A tread. Um, it, this horse was claimed last uh, two back into the Gustav Delgado barn. Uh, he's generally very good first off the claim and the horse ran pretty well. Ira Ortiz was interested enough to take this, this mount um, was favored two back was favored three back was favored last time. So we're burning a little bit of money. We're always coming close, but not getting the job done. Um, we're adding blinkers here, which I think is awfully interesting. It's a 20% move for, for Gustav uh, or Gustavo, Gustavo Delgado as a trainer. Um, I'm kind of interested to see how this horse runs with blinkers. And I love Castellano over this synthetic course. So for me, the four and the eight are the two must uses, and they're the two that made the $5 ticket. Uh, I'll agree with you on one of them. I used Rocket Joe Copper. Uh, wasn't my top pick. I didn't use the four at all. I, I felt like it, I was going very chalky, and I know you kind of did too, and that's why you've also got the $5 ticket. I didn't do that, um, so I went a little sneaky, and I was like, I got to try and I, I got to split one of these two up. So I went with the eight. He's on a three-race win streak, and it's on multiple services. I mean, that synthetic win, that was his first time trying it, and he goes, oh, yeah, that was fine. I can handle that too. So it, it's hard for me to say, you know, the, even defensively, you got to use him at some point here. Um, my top pick is actually the horse that, almost one last out at uh, is now six to one and that's Farley. Um, and I know you're going to say, listen, magic, you don't want speed on the Gulfstream park synthetic course. And listen, I agree with you, especially last time out, this horse was the farthest outside drawn of the three horses in that race with triple digit time form, early pace figures. This is the only horse with that kind of a speed. It's a huge gap to second, which is the four Utrecht. I think there's a chance that the three could go gate to wire. The fact that the horse was facing last time out at this exact same level, faced two other pace horses uh, that were fighting very hard with this or the horse didn't get the lead initially and almost wins just misses by a neck to the favorite that we're both using. I'm going to use because I think the pace setup is actually sneaky here if you're not paying attention to what the horse faced last time versus what he's going to face here. But I understand you play Gulfstream a lot more than me. So I understand if you're like lone speed still don't want it going two turns. Yeah. Problem for me is that's just such an anomaly because the three previous races, I mean, especially the one two back and four back, the horse got loose and got caught. And those are both at a mile and 16th, which is what we're going today. The two races at a mile and 70 yards where he was close to the lead held on for second, that extra 16th of a mile, man, that, that is the problem for Farley here. Um, and, and you've seen that in the last four races where the two mile and 16th efforts, terrible, mm -hmm. the two mile efforts, very good. Unfortunately for you, we're going a mile and 16th today. Uh, yep. so even though we are alone speed, 
we're still speed, we're still rail, we'll still be up there, and we got that extra extra eight or half a furlong to deal with, which I think is going to be the undoing of uh, Farley. I think that I will say that at least in his defense, Rafi Hernandez is going to be the best jockey that's been on this horse. And uh, well, Jose Ortiz rode back last February, so we'll go back then. So within the last year, this is the best jockey that's been aboard. But again, that's you fair. make great points against the three. Uh, keep going. Who are you using after this? All right, we're going to include the one next, Devoted Kitten. And, uh, Love it. You know, we got one of the comments here in the stream from Nick. I think he brings up a great point. Look, Chantel Sutherland, fine jockey, not Ired Ortiz, right? Uh, so we're, we're picking up a huge jockey step forward here with Ired Ortiz Jr. Uh, this is another Wal Walder first off the claim. He's 19% off the claim, so that's excellent as well. Here's the thing. You go back to that race, five back, uh, where we're going to mile – or four back, we're going to mile on a 16th over that Gulfstream Park Synthetic. Runs an 85 buyer, wins for fun. That destroys this field, right? Yes. If we go back to that, sayonara, this sucker's over. Um, yep. Two races after that, took steps up in class. Last time we were at a mile and 70 yards. This horse wants more distance. I think five to one is a gift of a price if we can get it. Kittens Joy, great synthetic sire. Sits the right style here. I, I think there's a lot of things to like about the one devoted kitten. Yeah, I do. What's going on with my camera? Yeah, I do too. I love the one. Uh, keep it going. Uh, well, no, actually, that's as far as we d agree. So go ahead and talk <laughs> about the last one because I did actually. I considered the two for a minute. Um, the two is Doctor Shane is six to one for Danny Gargan. I ultimately left off, but I did consider him. Yeah, look, the the, the two horse has sneaky tactical speed, and that's the reason I ended up using the two here. If you go back to the races on the turf, going seven and a half furlongs at a mile at Gulfstream uh, back in, in January through March of last year, this horse was one and a half, two lengths off the lead, sitting a nice trip on the inside, was actually pretty close to a 45-second flat pace at Belmont. Uh, on June 10th as well. So you have tactical speed here with the two Dr. Shane. That's kind of what you saw last time. It was first time in the Gargan Barn, which I think is, or well, first time back to the Gargan Barn, which I think is important as well. If you look at those good races, they were all with Danny Gargan. Then you have three races in the middle, not that great, all with Jesus Cruz. Now you're back in the Gargan Barn, gets the job done first time out, should again sit another tactical trip here, probably the second or third fastest horse in this race, even though Timeform disagrees with me. I wouldn't be shocked if the two is sitting right behind the three or to the inside of the three and, and kind of trips out in this spot and has somewhat of a kick home. If we improve at all off that last race, good night. If we run back to those Gulfstream races before, this horse can get the job done. I think six to one is a decent price. And I'm not I'm, I'm a Miguel Vasquez fan in general, so I've got no issues with the jock here. Well, and now that does Gargan, they're 24% together and, and Gargan 31% on the synthetic. Uh, five for 16, I believe that ends up being. Uh, listen, the, the, I think for me, once I started adding up all of the horses I was using, somebody had to make the cut, and this is the one. And it's a slight knock. The field that he beat was non-winners of three uh, within or non-winners of one within a year. I'm thinking of a different horse. Non-winners of a single race within a year. So these were horses that not necessarily in form. I guess maybe a good way to describe slightly higher class here. But again, you know, 16,000, 10,000 claimer. I think it kind of evens out a little bit. If you want to use the horse, I'm not going to knock you for it. Uh, the last one on for me, I talked about him. Is there going to be the five jihad? Uh, listen, Safi, I'm telling you, Safi's going to have a big day here. Uh, the horse, if he runs to how it was two back when he's going to mile on the 16th, uh, that race was very solid for him. We're getting little Reyes, which we just talked about before. Isn't Safi's go-to, but two for 10 with a healthy ROI on it. Um, I like that Safi is 24% off of similar layoffs. Uh, he's 25% when he's on synthetic. He, the fact that he was going to be in that January 30th race that everyone else is in, I'm like, all right, he thinks this horse is at least is good enough to compete with the rest of those donkeys before. We'll bring him down to this level. Um, first time at age four, you know, he was facing older horses and beat older horses at age three last October. So I thought that was something in his angle. But again, that beaten claimer, the 8,000 race that he beat, those were non-winners of three lifetimes. So again, a lower class that he's now stepping up to. We'll see how he does at age four. Yeah, I, I, I just... 
off the layoff at that price, I'm not interested. But I, I mean, I'm yeah, I don't like the price. The That's. I, I would I would want pr- in the ten to one range there on that horse. I don't think I'm getting anywhere near that because um, I do think this is a step up in class off that eight thousand way. It's it's obviously level to what he faced last time, but last time he finished ninth, four lengths back, so <laughs> yeah. uh, not great. So yeah, but again, this is another one that could be tactical. I mean, you could probably see uh, Jiha sitting you know right outside of the of the two horse here um, in, in that second flight and have a nice trip. So I, I wouldn't try and talk you off it. Just, I would want a little bit better of a price. The only two horses we haven't talked about. Uh, they both also exit that January 30th race. Uh, Buffalo Max was eighth in that race. He's 12 to one here. Lucas and Laurie was last of 11 by about a mile and a half and is 30 to one. Uh, I don't think usually we joke about, you know, putting the other horses that we don't talk about into the winner's circle. I'm not really that worried about these ones. If they do it, Mike, I don't think we ever had a chance. If they do it, it's Buffalo Max and it'll be a surprise because it, look, Buffalo Max won two back, but that was an absolute pace collapse. I mean, they went 144 on the synthetic and they fell apart. I don't think this is going to fall apart. There's just not enough speed up front. All right, Mike, let's move on. The third leg of the late pick four sequence is the prep for the Dubai Golden Shaheen. If your name is Drain the Clock, because we're in the Gulfstream Park Sprint uh, field of six in here. Six sprinters, six furlongs on dirt. Drain the Clock, Diamond Oops. There can be only one. Where are you going on top? Give me Diamond Oops. Um, Look, I respect the hell out of Drain the Clock. But there is so much speed in this race. And that, that to me, is what really it came down to. I mean, Doc Amster is going to want to go. You're going to see speed from uh, Frentelli, who's the two-horse. You're going to see speed from Gatsby on the inside, who last time dueled with Drain the Clock. I, I think you're going to have three horses that absolutely go forward. I think Diamond Oops is the one who sits right behind the, the wall of three and just trips out. Um, I, I think Drain the Clock is probably a more talented horse. I think Diamond Oops gets the trip, and that's the difference here. So I'm going 5-6 in my 50-cent ticket, but I'm singling the five here on the $5 ticket to try and put a little bit of value and beat uh, your morning line favorite, Drain the, Drain the Clock, who I respect the heck out of, but I just I think is, is in a tough spot in this, this specific race. He is, and it's uh, it's his first start at age four. He did face older horses late last year uh, when he was three in a field that included Gatsby, who was optional claimers, and really not much there. Um, I, I drain the clock's gonna be my top choice. If you've been listening, paying attention to the whole show, Safi Joseph, hello. Uh, <laughs> but Irad's gonna keep riding, and, and I love this horse. Is four for five at Gulfstream Park. The only time that he lost, he was second, but it was uh, uh, going two turns. So I'm gonna forgive him for that because this horse is not a two-turn horse. Uh, Elizabeth, I think this is one of the the best uh, sprinters going to come into this year from like the second tier. This isn't your elite level, but this is definitely a very solid second tier horse who at age four, maybe he continues to develop. He is by McLean's music. So the fact that he's already got 11 career starts um, is probably eight and a half more than they probably thought they were going to get from him. But uh, I, there is a lot of speed in here. I agree with you on that. And that's what actually led me to my other choice. It's not Diamond Oops. I'm going to go with the four miles ahead. I think miles ahead is going to get forgotten in this field because you have the five and the six. I think you're going to get a lot of attention there. Gatsby is the local Florida bred. He's going to get some attention. Miles ahead is six for nine at the distance. He's nine for 17 at Gulfstream Park. He's riding a basically a three-race win streak in his mind because he lost by a neck when he was rallying late. Uh, Paco was aboard the last two. I think this horse is going to sit right behind that speed as well. It's a matter of is he going to have a better kick or is Diamond Oops? I'm going to go with this horse because I think he's a little bit uh, more in form. And you know what? It's funny with Diamond Oops. I'll ask you about this. When I think Diamond Oops, I think Turf Sprinter. This horse is one for seven on the turf, and he's like everything else comes on dirt. But I always think of him as a Turf Sprinter. Do you ever do that with Diamond Oops? No, I think he's a dirt sprinter. I think that's one of the reasons why he's three to one. I think this is a really muddy form. I mean, like, the last two races were both on turf. They were both good races, but like, you know, they lost to In Love and Gear Jockey the last two. Darn good horses, right? 
Um, but those were both on turf. And then the, the two previous to that are both at Gulfstream, both on the dirt. Didn't run as well in the, the Smile Sprint after doing very, very well um, and beating Miles ahead the previous race. And then you were back on the turf before that. And then you go before that at seven furlongs. And then it's two grade, uh, grade twos at Keeneland where you run really well uh, on the dirt and one. The other one is the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I mean, like, it's just a really tough form when you peel through this thing. I mean, we forget this horse ran in the Mr. Prospector at seven furlongs and then ran in the Pegasus Invitational. Like, just a really, really odd progression here from Diamond Oops. But if you ask me, what is Diamond Oops the best at? Dirt sprinting. I think this is what he's the best at. And so it's tough for me at three to one to to pass on him. Now, he also has entered at Tampa. He ends up running at Tampa. Miles ahead would be my single here. That's the other closer. I think the speed is going to burn each other up. I'd be four six on the 50 cent ticket and single the four on the $5 ticket. Got you. So, okay, sorry, thanks. You, you said you would single the four. So on the $5 ticket specifically that he replaces yeah. the five. Perfect. Thanks for thanks for clarifying that one. Uh, yeah, Diamond Oops, I mean, he's a fun horse, and you've got to love a horse that is, just shows up everywhere. As, as Jer- Jeremy Balin would love to vote for him for an Eclipse Award just because he shows up and he fills fields and makes things fun. Uh, listen, drain the clock, the point that I talked about, but this is considered for him a prep for the Dubai Golden Shaheen. So assuming he does well here and comes out of it well, that's where he'll end up. We will end up on the final, fourth and final leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, February 19th. Mike, we're going to the turf for this one-mile route maiden three-year-olds in for thirty-five dollars or $30,000 tags. Your favorite is actually a horse that I own a small piece of. That is the nine. Quantum Theory at two to one. Almost gets the job done on the synthetic. So, hey, why not try the turf? It's just the same, right? Uh, we'll ask Chad Brown. He disagrees. Where are you going on top? Uh, look, I'm going to eat chalk here. Quantum Theory should just destroy this field. I mean, this this is one of those horses. If I get two to one, I'm backing up the Brinks truck on, on Saturday. I don't think we're getting two to one on this horse. We often talk about when the best horse is also the fastest horse and lone speed. That's a big problem for the rest of the field. Guess what? The best horse is also the fastest horse and lone speed in this spot. And that's Quantum Theory. And why do you go from the synthetic over to the turf? Because we showed speed on the synthetic and couldn't couldn't go wire to wire essentially there. It, 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 you were against the track bias. Horse ca- catches Quantum Theory late. Quantum Theory ends up running second. Now we're switching over to the surface where you're holding speed significantly better. Nine makes just a, a, a boatload of sense here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the $5 ticket with a nine single. Oh, well, God bless you. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, listen, I, there is no way in hell because he's run back for this $35,000 tag. I don't think there's any way in hell that he stays in the barn after this race. I would be very uh, surprised. There's, with all those trainers and barns down there, there's no way he stays. So, hey, let's go out with a win. I would love it. He's my top pick. Um, I'm glad to hear somebody who's not biased uh, and can look at this. He also, the horse that beat him um, in his debut when he was on Dirt at Tampa, Pioneer of Medina, uh, won, broke his maiden, went to fairgrounds and won, and I believe is in the Risen Star this weekend. So the, the horse with plenty of, at least plenty of class to go onto the Derby Trail from there, whereas he goes to the claiming tag. So, all right, I'm using him. You're using him. Let's see. Do we have any agreement anywhere else? We do not. All right. Who do you want to talk about next? Oh, uh, let's go to the two horse. Um, All right. uh, actually, the two horse is my third pick. Let's go to the four horse, my second pick. Uh, oh, we do like the same horse. Okay. We like the four horse. Talk about the four horse first. Yeah. Look, first of all, just really interesting horse. Uh, it was claimed for $100,000 first time out of Churchill. Let me say that again. It was claimed for $100,000 first time out of Churchill. Um, it was a homebred at that time. So it was a really yeah. interesting claim. Horse went off at 25 to 1. Makes it even more interesting because rarely does a 25 to 1 shot and a $100,000 maiden claim or first start get claimed. I mean, that means you clearly think you know something. And, well, unfortunately for them, they didn't. Uh, we went up to 150K claim where the horse ran okay, runs fourth. Can, uh, can I pause you real quick? Do, yeah. How, how much do you think they actually thought someone was going to take the horse for 150K? Like, do you think they were like, guys, we're going to flip this horse for 50K? Watch this. Zero chance. I, I'd like... 
especially when the horse went off at 25 to one and did nothing. Yeah. If the horse goes yeah. off at 25 to one and airs, then maybe we can talk about this. But the horse goes off at 25 to one and, and does absolutely nothing. Like, and then you go enter in a $53,000 maiden special weight. Um, that was the first try on the turf. I, I thought the horse ran pretty well. Um, it just kind of was stuck on the inside the whole race, never really got to open up. I didn't like the ride from Bridge Mahan. We're switching over from Bridge Mahan to Gonzalez, who's been riding very well at, at Gulfstream Park. Um, it's his first off a layoff. This, uh, uh, Jeff Hillis is 29% in this spot, which is ridiculous. I think he's, what, three for four, four for 14. Um, son of violence. Violence. As I always like. I think second time on turf. First time I was a three-year-old, we're going to take a step forward. So first style at six to one, I thought was interesting. First time Lasix, too. I think maybe that'll help him a little bit. A horse that seems to drag a lot. This is something I'm trying to think of from handicapping. When they, Maybe the Lasix will help this horse, you know, try and catch his breath. Because if he's not fast early, super fast early, maybe, you know, he'll catch his breath and come running. And, and yeah, Edwin Gonzalez, that is Mark Cassie's new uh, little favorite boy toy down at uh, Gulfstream Park. So uh, definitely a great horse to use there. All right, so this is where we're going to split because we did both like the nine and the four. Honestly, after this point, it doesn't matter. Because uh, I, I think the nine horse is going to win. Nick agrees with us in the chat. Where do you want to go beyond this, though? Uh, I, I only use one other horse, the two horse Irish King, um, oh, on, right. the, on the 50 cent ticket. It, this is one where, you know, treasure beach getting first time turf. That first effort on the synthetic was, was even, uh, the horse didn't go off at a, a super low price, went off at 11 to one with size as a board. But if you watch the start, it wasn't great. I mean, the horse had some trouble, kind of steadied, kind of bumped. Um, I think with a better break, you would have seen more from Irish King. I like the fact that, uh, I read he's fit to pick this mount up. I think the horse is going to take a nice step forward. Second time. Um, it, you know, this is again, David Fox, 39% second time starter. So he is, uh, what is that? Five for 18, uh, with second time starters right now. It, so I, I think the Irish King has a good shot at taking a step forward here. Second time on the turf. I think the nine is going to win this race. It's why I'm playing that $5 ticket through, uh, through the nine, but I, I'm going to go two four nine on the 50 cent ticket. There we go. Am I back? Yeah, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> you know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I have no idea what happened. I can see this. Sorry. The two, uh, listen, the, the runner, I don't know if you mentioned, but the runner up won uh, from that race next out and got a, a very nice buyer. I think a 67 buyer. So uh, something that would be very nice it, and definitely would beat this field. Uh, for me, the other horses I'm going to use in here, uh, we talked about the four, we talked about the nine. Uh, let's talk about the five for a little bit. Tap it, Brio. Uh, is beaten you know seven of these horses before when he's running for a higher price tag uh I like the class drop. I think it's a good spot. They've clearly tried to put the horse on turf twice now. Um, actually, they've tried four times. Twice it's worked. So a horse that they keep trying to go to turf. Now we're going to drop it down for a lower uh, claiming tag here at 35000 The works on the turf say that the horse should be able to handle it. So I'm going to go ahead and bank that maybe this kind of a class drop is going to work out well. Uh, the barn... Likes to use Luca Panici, doesn't uh, win with him, but at least he shows up on some of the horses. <laughs> and then I'm also going to use the six Ableton uh, for John Kim, was a second time starter, debuted at a mile on this turf course, which is a very difficult thing for horses to do. They bring him right back. It is a twirling candy out of a uh, mare that should uh, had plenty of turf pedigree as well. So I think that this is a decent spot. Uh, the horse was clearly not bet on debut, but I wouldn't. You don't want to touch a lot of these horses when they're debuting at a mile. The barn for John Kimmel, 17% with maidens making their second start. So I'm hoping that this. This is a good spot for the horse. I'm getting 10 to one, not the 32 to one from before, but again, taking a big class drop down to the 35 too. Yeah. I mean, the five is a terrible pick. That horse isn't winning. Uh, it needs the lead and it's not going to be able to get it. It doesn't like to pass anything. So I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the five. I think the six is a little interesting. Ableton, I think is, is a, a decent shot there at 10 to one. Um, that workout last time out, it's again, a sneaky one because it's 11 to 41, but going 47 and two over the, the, the turf course for four furlongs, I think is interesting. I think you're going to see more speed from Ableton this time out. Um, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see a nice representation of that six horse. 
Uh, were there any horses in here that we talked about that maybe you were worried about? Because I know Quantum Theory is going to be a very short price, probably going to get claimed out. Is there anybody that you haven't talked about that you are worried about? Honestly, no. I like. I thought this this field came up pretty weak. Um, you know, I, I love Practical Joke, but I'm not really interested in Practical Joke breaking out of the 11 hole going two turns. That doesn't seem like a great idea. Um, you kind of go through some of the prices. They don't make a ton of sense. I guess you could talk a little bit about the three. Uh, but the three, I, I think, is is probably better bred here for this this than the first race it ran in, but kind of quit pretty bad going five and a half. So not really that much interest there. Um, you know, Robert DeBona has the horse on the rail that's breaking. Uh, it's going to run for the first time. I would say it's probably like the other long shot I consider just because this field isn't great and that's an unknown. Um, but I, I, it's the reason why I think it sets up so well for the nine horse here. I just, I, if we take any step forward off that synth race, the nine horse should win this by three. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through Gulfstream Park's late pick four sequence on Saturday, February 19th. We're going to go ahead and give out our tickets one last time. If you're watching, go ahead and take a peek below. Uh, I'll start off, Mike. I'm going to go for 50 cents, 236 with 1358 with 46 with 4569. That's $48. I'm going to play two tickets for 50 cents. I'm going to go 238 with 1248 with 56 with 249. That's 36 bucks. And I'm going to press some opinions here. Play a $5 ticket. Go 38 with 48 with 5 with 9. That'll cost you 20 bucks for $5. And I'll throw it up here because he uh, he posted his hammer ticket. Nick Feldman is a very sharp li uh, listener of the Magic Mike Show. If you're unfamiliar, Nick's going three eight with one eight with six with nine, and he's going to hammer that for a twenty five dollar base. I mean, uh, he is a big fan of the Irad movement as well. So I didn't use Irad, and that's the Irish King uh, jockey in the last, and it kind of made me wonder maybe I. Maybe I should add him as well, but we'll we'll see how things turn out. Uh, listen, if you want to get our actual tickets on the day, if anything changes, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellerwood. He's at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight. But before we go, Mike, we do have the big uh, weekend ahead at Fairgrounds with the Risen Star Stakes. Let's just focus on the one race. Uh, we, we did a little preview of it before, but uh, on the last Magic Mike show, you're still sticking with Smile Happy? Yeah, I mean, the, the morning light came out at 7 to 2. That's freaking wild um you're not getting seven to two or anything near it on smile happy. on smile happy yeah seven to two like wild like i don't i don't know did what... nobody like did the morning line odds maker not watch a race since the jockey club <laughs> if i could bet under or over seven to two i would literally bet every dollar i own that he goes off under seven to two i, I mean that horse is going to get hammered off of that price um i, I mean i still think you're seeing looking at six to five something like that I, some people were projecting around two to one i think that's even high for what you're going to see on this horse yeah, and I still like Smile Happy the most. Um, I think Bodoc is interesting, the nine horse. I think the 10 slowdown Andy is interesting. I'm going to be against the seven Zend. And um, I don't know what to do with Epicenter, who I think is probably the most difficult horse in the race to figure out. Epicenter is going to face a ton of pace pressure. I think Epicenter gets the lead again. But again, Epicenter is going to face a ton of pace pressure. So it's just tough to figure out what you want to do with that horse in this spot. Um, this really sets up for the horses coming from off the pace. And to me, that, that's Smile Happy. This is this is like Oaklawn levels morning line. Nick posted here seven to two favorite is Smile Happy, Epicenter four to one. Both of those will be lower. Papa Cap four to one. That actually might be around there. Slow down, Andy Zandon. I think those def I think Zandon goes up. How's I don't know. Pa how's Papa Cap four to one? How could last race go any better and Papa Cap couldn't get by Epicenter? You, because you could argue second off the layoff. I, I mean, there is a, it's not a great argument. There's a, a lot more arguments against him. There is an argument for him improving. You could project theoretical improvement for him. Listen, I will say Epicenter was my pick uh, before. I'm sticking with Epicenter because I think that the horse is 
absolutely not a need the lead type. I think what Epicenter really is going to be best at is stalking just off of the speed. And I think Rosario, he's, he's done it a little bit in his career, but he hasn't done it that much Epicenter. But I think Rosario is going to really get the chance to play with that because you've got a lot of speed. You still got fucking Papa Cap drawn to his inside, which uh, was kind of the bane of his existence last time out. So I think that works out. Uh, slow down Andy. Let me ask you this. Is he on the board or is he off, uh, completely off and we think that his win in the Los South Futurity was a fluke? Well, I mean, the answer could be both. It could be a fluke and he could hit the board. I think that's that's not out of the question. <laughs> I, I'm going to probably – I'm probably using slow down Andy. Like, look, this is Nyquist. The square eddy on the bottom tells me he's sprinting in turf, which is the right. big concern. And it also, like Los Alamitos, square eddy makes a ton of sense. So there's a little bit of concern there. But this is Nyquist, Uncle Mo on the top side. Um, I, I – Look, I don't think O'Neill is sending this horse here to lose. I, I think he thinks he's going to run pretty well. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Slowdown Andy was an early pace presence and ended up being right there right at the end. I mean, I, like, I would I, – I kind of like Slowdown Andy for second. I, I kind of feel like this is going to be smile happy. Slowdown Andy, Bo, uh, Bo Rock is going to be the, the, the try, and I wouldn't be shocked if Epicenter is there battling for, for second or third. But I, I think it's those four horses that are the class of this field. Epicenter, if you're listening, buddy, just remember who still loves you. Just remember who still loves you between us in the fantasy league. Oh, listen, it's tough. This I will Who's say. The one who said the draft epicenter? I don't really remember. Fantasy. We didn't have to really debate about it too much. We had, our decision was made for us. Uh, thank you, Magic, or Michael and Dan. No, listen. From a forget the fantasy stuff because most people really don't care about that. Um, I think from a betting perspective, as as Nick said in the chat, it's gonna be a great betting race. I think you could make a case for several of these horses for and against, and definitely the hardest prep of the year. And listen, thirteen races on the card. Go to racingnews.com. We've got the uh, inside track to the Risen Star Stakes wagering guide available. Full coverage, all thirteen races in depth of every single stakes race. But Aaron's been uh, killing it with the guys this year as he usually does so make sure you check that out also over at racingdudes.com slash sports the latest uh dudes who bet sports episode was today so if you missed that go and check that out it's in podcast form you can also check it out at youtube.com slash racing dudes i didn't get a chance to watch this is the first one that i've missed live in a really long time so i uh i'm I'm very curious to see what happens here uh it's it's interesting they're they're gonna have to face a lull here this summer lull for dude who's bet sports is going to be interesting because we have march madness is coming up so that'll keep you going you got some of the nba playoffs but then it's just the doldrums of sports man the summer months are brutal i can't wait to hear papa dude talking some hockey uh yeah well they had i didn't know if they talked hockey today because they had the blues uh the blues were up oh yeah they dove in the nhl all right well there you go we'll check that out uh red wings are at new york facing the rangers god help us all good luck uh that's not going to go well but listen they they were doing okay oh real quick before we get out of here uh nick brings up trafalgar in the risen star stakes i listen there's a nice horse uh as a horse i've been a big fan of you know that nick i just think he's uh he's a couple low this feels like a like that like that grade three West Virginia Derby style winner. I think he's a great horse. I'd love to own him. I don't want to bet him in this race. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's the problem is he's just been flat. Uh, you haven't seen any real improvement in any of the four starts. Um, I think this is just kind of who he is. And like you said, that that's going to be a second tier horse in this class. And it's not one that I think is going to be uh, way up there. If there's no baseball, it's dudes who bet golf. Uh, listen, you could get if every golf tournament was like that 16th hole in Phoenix that where everybody goes crazy. Yeah, if, I would watch golf all the time. That was, I wanted to just watch that all, but that it's not, but golf's a little too low key for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know he's adding blinkers, Nick. Um, and, but it, it, the question is, is blinkers going to improve him by 20%? 
right? Which is probably what you need here to, to be competitive. Uh, a 10 to, 10 to 20% improvement because of blinkers. I think that's going to be, that's going to be tough. I, I, again, I think he's, I agree with magic. I think he's a solid horse losing the classic causeway. Nothing wrong with that. And the first start at Saratoga, then obviously be able to get the job done twice in a row. Um, but it's just, it's one of those spots where you're really going to need to see a, a pretty big turnaround. And I think the waters are a lot deeper than the last race. I mean, I, I realize that, you know, epicenter runs second in that race, Papa cap third. If I think epicenter is running fourth in this race, uh, that means that I, like, yeah, you got to really improve if you're coming, yeah. from, if you're third in that last race. So um, I, I just, I feel like the waters are a lot deeper. I think there are three or four horses in here that are better than anyone that was in that field, considering the setup. Well, listen, if you're having fun listening to Mike and I talk about horse racing, especially if you care about the fairgrounds, uh, we're going to be doing another live show this weekend. So make sure you tune in. Uh, we'll be covering the late pick four sequence at fairgrounds, which I believe starts at about 527 uh, Eastern time on Saturday. So we'll be live covering the late pick four sequence. There'll be a bunch of us in. And it's a lot of fun. We'll do like a pick four draft ticket. We've had a lot of you join us before. So we'd really love if you could do that again. Go to YouTube.com slash racing dudes subscribe and there's a little notification bell if you hit that you'll get alerted every single time we go live so make sure you do that leave us a like below on this video we'd really appreciate it as well anything else but mike before we get out of here that's all i got let's get out of here then all right we will see you back here on monday if we don't see you on saturday but until then i'm magic and i'm mike thanks for joining us good luck everybody this has been a presentation of racingdudes.com your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.